0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Jesse. I'm Alan
1: Castor with Infinibox.
0: Hello, Alan. Welcome.
1: Oh, it's good to be talking with you all again.
2: Yeah, yeah. When, when did we last talk to you? Was it around this time last year?
1: yeah it was about this time last year exactly yeah, it yeah. was it was um last, it was last summer and and we were having a scorching uh uh summer last summer and this uh, this summer is is a much cooler summer we we haven't hit a hundred degrees once yet
2: oh yeah really? it's all wow. gone to russia i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well actually about about uh
1: Uh, Earlier this month, I was in Europe, and and when I was leaving for Houston from Frankfurt, it was hotter in Frankfurt than it was in Houston. Yeah, Luke
2: Burridge is in uh, Finland, and he said it's it's the hottest it's ever been in
0: Finland ever. Uh, No kidding. Hmm. Yeah, I'm in Idaho, and we're having a fairly cool summer, although it's uh, started to hit the 90s and the 100s. Um, just in the last couple of weeks, but we'll take it because sometimes our summers are a hundred all the way through.
2: Uh, people are probably riveted to this uh, weather.
0: Yeah, this we're is very, very exciting. Uh, Thanks for coming, uh, everybody.
2: Uh, that uh, was our podcast.
0: Here we'll put the music <laughs> in right here. <laughs> so uh, well, we, 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 uh, we had a new. We have collection. Alan on uh, to the first time we had him on. We were commemorating the uh, the release of the year's top ten tales of science fiction, and uh, this year. We've got the year's top ten tales of science fiction number two.
1: Yeah, it was um, published uh, the end of uh, June.
0: Mm-hmm. Are they are they doing well for you guys? Yes, I hope. I hope. This,
1: the, the, yes, they've been doing very well. In fact, uh, uh, the the the, title, the second uh, number two has been on the on Audible dot com's bestseller list uh throughout the whole month of uh July oh great and uh so that's not only that but it, what it's it's uh done for us is uh this series is it's bringing more attention to our, our other stories that are like in our uh great science fiction stories series Your back catalog. yeah yeah exactly we've had actually we've uh, uh this month for the first time that i'm aware of we've we've had four different titles in July uh, that have been on the bestseller list uh, at Audible.com.
0: That's great. That's really great. Is uh, so? Do you have all of your titles on Audible now?
1: Uh, not all, but but everyone we have the rights to uh, the ele- the electronic rights are uh, too. Yeah, we do. Okay,
0: great.
1: But there's, I think we've got three titles uh, or four titles that are not on Audible.
2: Are are they out of print as well, or are they available on CD? Oh yeah
1: so, yeah they're they're available on CD or cassette uh for example uh Connie Willis's um Cibilla is not available on CD way back <laughs> in the analog age was when we signed the contract to do the story uh we signed, it, it was just a, a, to do an audio cassette and Aww. so
0: yeah I have so, that one but it's not going to help anybody. <laughs> Except for me. So you still sell that one in on audio cassette, or are you out of those?
1: Yeah, we're almost out. So if anybody wants one, they better hurry and get one yeah. because uh, it's not going to be uh, uh, reprinted, so to speak. So
0: Yeah, I remember that story. It was, it was good.
2: Yeah. So Thank I you. guess all your modern contracts uh, specify uh, any possible audio...
0: Yeah,
1: uh, now we're doing it's yeah uh, specifying uh, digital audio uh, and uh, not only that, but uh, we're also doing uh, e-books as well with them.
2: Really? Yes. I, I didn't know you had a I single e either. Yeah. So yeah, we, well
1: we haven't we haven't announced it yet, but we're oh. getting ready to.
2: Announce- Guess what? You just did. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: well, that's great.
0: Where where will those be available?
1: Well, right now, uh, 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 they're available at Amazon.com for the Kindle, but we've only got the one title, which is um, uh, the the year's best, uh, the year's top 10 tales of science fiction number two.
0: Oh, that's the one we're about to talk about. Oh, okay. So you you have all all 10 of those stories in in an e-book? Exactly. Wow, that is neat. Okay, that's good to know.
2: I, I I before we get into um the year's top 10 uh tales volume 2 I wanted to um uh just go back a bit and you know you've got this great back catalog and I, I you know I know you sell at um at conventions and uh you've sold for years over just through the mail I think mm-hmm. I don't know you must have advertised somewhere and I I tracked it down and then I I started ordering through the mail um but now that you're on online, it's much easier to get a hold of your stuff. Uh, but your original concept was one short story, one CD, right, or one cassette.
1: Just exactly.
2: And uh, I guess the nature of Audible's uh, subscription service has really modified your 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 plan of attack, but it hasn't actually um, it hasn't completely changed it. What you've done now is make you make a collection. Because mm-hmm. people don't want to spend one credit on on you know seventy minutes, they want to spend one credit on nine hours. I guess is that is that, is that what's going on?
1: Well, that's that's certainly part of the thinking. Um, the, the other thing that's that's happened is uh, since we first started doing uh, the one story audiobooks way back when, is that um, podcasts have uh, have become uh, readily available at uh, and so the uh, people are able are able to get stories at at no cost and so that's kind of also played into our thinking as far as uh, releasing single stories
2: yeah i think uh at least a couple of uh at least one of the stories in this collection has been released on uh escape pod or something um, with a different narrator and perhaps not as professionally done, but yeah, it's a free audio mm. version. So if you release that one, it's less likely to get as many sales, right?
0: Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And you released one, you released on the human plan for free on your website, correct? That's correct. We did. Maybe yeah. that's
2: where, maybe that's what I'm And that, that was, was uh,
0: <laughs> that was the version that's included in this top 10 and, um, it's a, is it still available? Yes, it's still on our website. Okay, we'll make sure we link to that. Yeah. Wonderful.
2: Great. That's a that's a fun story to start with. Um it's Jay Lake, right?
1: Yes, it's Jay Lake.
2: And he's a he's a up-and-coming hot hot writer seems to write quite quickly too. You know, a lot of uh, we were talking before the show started about Ted Chiang and how, you know, he's he's a little bit slower to produce. Uh, Jay Lake seems to, you know, bat him out of the park. Regular, fairly regularly, <laughs> at least it seems that way
1: yeah he hes it seems that way to me too uh there's all he, i don 't know how many stories he puts out a year, but uh, but he's got, got a good rate going uh for him I mean, he may he may be uh challenging Robert Reed uh, right now, but I think yeah he's the big he's got the big momentum going with him right now mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert, there's a Robert Reed story in there as well. Um, I, I kind of noticed a theme as I was listening through. I, I kind of noticed, uh, you know, sort of transformation, uh, uh, you know, gender switching or changing from human into animal or animal into human. Uh, it's You know, it vaguely feels as if everybody's reading The Island of Dr. Moreau or something. <laughs> it's, it's sort of a general theme. Uh it, and that wasn't planned by you right the, how, how did this t- top 10 get picked
1: oh well uh yeah there was no theme uh whatsoever at least intentional for the, for the top 10 i just um picked these stories ba- basically it's, it's they're the 10 best stories that i liked out of the year um i, 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 I i could uh, you know if I talk about craftsmanship or or uh, whatever that that probably uh has something to do with it, but basically it's the stories i like best so
0: you just read uh lots and lots yeah <laughs> and and
1: uh and uh there's just more and more to read me. uh you know we have the the staple three uh or uh, with, uh, magazines such as uh, uh the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, Isaac Asimov's Analog, uh, Inner Zone uh but now there's a lot of stuff on the internet coming out with I like, get Clark's World.
0: Yeah, doesn't um, doesn't it feel like there's more trainings. coming out now? Um you know like like Speed yes. magazine, does it feel to you like there's more? Or, I mean, I'm not feeling yeah. but is there
1: more? <laughs> It, it's yeah, definitely the 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 box of chocolate has gotten bigger. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to go in and 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 and, and uh, pick the pieces you want. It's it's yeah, you're right. I I I think this is we're in like a, a golden age of of at least short science fiction right now.
0: It's I don't think it's ever been better than it is today. Yeah, and that's really amazing. You know, with all the talk. Not so long ago, about you know how the short fiction was on its way out. Yeah, I, I you know if
1: you read uh, Dozois' introductions uh, to his uh, year's best, uh, he, he's always seems kind of concerned about that, but mm, doesn't look like it's happening.
2: If you're going uh, only with print, I think you 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 might be worried, but if you're looking you know at print and online, I think you'd be crazy to think it wasn't a lot more going on.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And and I think also, there, it seems to me there are a lot more authors uh, writing short fiction, too. Mm.
0: Well, what happened with Bane's universe this year? Um, they stopped they, publishing, but I'm not sure what happened there.
2: I heard something about it being, um, you know, they they were charging a subscription model, and because they were first out of the gate, that worked for them for a while, and then because everyone else decided to give it away for free, um, that killed them.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to compete uh, with free, uh, although Tor.com's got something going, uh, and that seems to be doing pretty well.
2: I think, though, nobody, no, uh, except uh, hopefully InfiniVox, nobody really makes any money from uh, short stories, right? The short <laughs> stories are the, are the t- taste it for free. Uh, the, the novels are what – I think that's what makes InfiniVox rather strange as an audiobook company, and that's why I've always liked InfiniVox, is that it is about short stories. You've never done a novel, right?
1: We've never done a novel. That's correct.
2: You're not even interested in – are you?
1: Not not at this point no we're not.
2: Novellas, short stories. Um that's no. what I that's what I think, you know, the, the some of the greatest science fiction is in in the short story length. And, and you you're you you've been concentrating. Yeah, I guess with Aliens Rule, that's a recently released uh and We Robots. Those are relatively new stories, right?
1: Exactly. For the most part, yeah, they're they're uh, rather recent stories very is contemporary there
2: a, is there a, any plan to do a um, a collection of classic SF like I, I'm, I've been telling Scott basically since I met him that uh, microcosmic god by Theodore Sturgeon not being a, as an audiobook is, is, a, is a crime against all of humanity because it's one of the greatest <laughs> science fiction stories ever and nobody's ever recorded it I,
1: I didn't realize that yeah I love that story I, 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 somebody like, uh, uh, Ted, he's, he's written so many classics. I, and, uh, certainly that has to rank up there, uh, with, with the best of them. And, uh, Thanks. yeah. And I, I, but I didn't realize, uh, that that had never been done on audio. I know he had another story, Thunder and Roses, uh, that had been done on audio, um, way back when, Uh, during the cassette age yeah but but uh but as to his other stories uh, i'm not uh familiar with what has what has not been done on audio uh
2: uh, we were talking about audible sales earlier um you've got a Paolo bacchagalupi uh story uh was is that seen increased sales since the release of his novels
1: oh (laughs) yes Uh, exactly we saw uh when the Wind Up Girl came out, mm-hmm. we we saw a big increase in sales for that, and then uh, the same thing kind of happened when uh, his uh, what's it called the Pump Six uh, mm-hmm. collection came out. Then uh, then we saw a bump up as well.
2: That's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Like it's kind of like you're investing in in authors by doing their short stories, right? You you, you collect their short stories, and you know somebody who looks promising if If they go on to to you know to create create a real big buzz with their book that their novel, then that investment pays off
1: yeah, I think uh it certainly has paid off with with Paulo and uh, another one that I can think of that we thought uh, way back when that gee, do we really want to do this uh, uh-huh. was when we published uh uh, Charles Strauss, uh, the wow. three of his stories, and you know, back then i don't think there were too many people that, uh, that had, were focusing on him and and wow, have things changed since we he,
2: he was giving everything away for free as well wasn't he
1: ah uh, gee, that i don't know
2: I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure his website he was giving stuff away for free um, but y- you know you you did you have uh, I bought all three of those, and they were really terrific, especially i i i Stands out so strongly in my mind, the uh, Lovecraft story uh, you guys did, and oh, uh-huh. uh, that reminds me that there is a Lovecraft story in this collection as well, or Lovecraft-inspired story.
1: Yes, uh-huh, by uh, Elizabeth Bear and Sarah Monette.
2: You could probably, uh, d- you know, just make a new collection cause inspired <laughs> by Lovecraft or something, because uh, it's 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 kind of a you know sort of a growing subgenre to to. Take Lovecraft's universe and, and do something new with it.
0: Yeah, what was mm-hmm. the what was the name of the Strauss's uh Lovecraft story?
2: Uh, it was hmm,
0: a, a Colder War. That's, That's it, it. No. a colder war, right. That one and probably um A Walk in the Sun by Jeffrey Landis were my favorite ones.
2: It's a oh, good oh, thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh I think still though my favorite is uh the Larry Niven one. Uh, uh, Rammer. Rammer. Yeah. Um, is that available on Audible? Uh, uh,
1: yes. Uh, no, no, actually it's not. No, we don't, we didn't have the rights.
2: I had a feeling it wasn't, and Mm. it's a real shame, because it's, 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 you know, you could just do a whole Larry Niven collection. I'm, I'm, I'm for more of everything. How about that? (laughs) 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 And, uh, before we started as well, we were talking about, uh, the possibility of doing a Ted Chiang collection, um... You said it was sort of uh something you'd been thinking about, but there's you know, no no um no uh story out there. Uh you know, there's no plan to do it out there so far.
1: Yep. We haven't uh in the past done a collection of any one author. And uh if we were to do one, uh, I would definitely be in favor of doing oh uh, uh a collection of his stories. He's uh, one of the most preeminent uh, short fiction writers in our genre, and uh, I, I can't think of a story I didn't like uh, that I've read by him. So, yeah, definitely he would be, uh, if we were going to do collections by uh, of authors, he would be one I would be very interested in doing.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, I was reading uh, there was a boing boing interview with him not that long ago and um he was talking about how his day job is technical writing and how it just saps the will to write from him and I I was like if I was a wealthy man I would just you know put him put him in a house somewhere pay for his mortgage and let him write <laughs> because he he produces just such one I, I I'm sure they would take a long time anyways because they're so well thought out and so well crafted, but uh, everything he touches turns to gold is is how I feel.
1: Yeah, his stories—they, um, you're right—are well crafted and uh, it's they're different. They're <laughs> it's not all the same. No, thing, changing the characters and but so he's got different themes and um, he's just. He's just a joy to read.
2: He is. Uh, one of the other things that we should talk about is: is InfiniBox doesn't do fantasy, does it? I mean, you've got some borderline stuff occasionally, but it's science mm-hmm. fiction.
1: Yes, exactly. It's just science fiction right now.
2: Oh, is there are there plans to change that? Uh... <laughs>
1: Not really i mean we've we've talked about doing a fantasy, but uh we're just concerned that that uh, that there is maybe the market's too small for short uh short fiction fantasy is is because we don't see you know for example, if you look at at the um uh short fiction market for science fiction there are what four uh different years best. Uh, anthologies, mm-hmm. science fiction, but we and we don't see as many uh, anthologies coming out for fantasy, so we're...
2: No, it tends to be longer, even in the short fiction, though, to, as well.
1: Yeah, we want those uh, 10, 12 books, uh, Eye of the World's <laughs> Fantasies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or that seems to be the market. I mean, uh, this summer I was uh, uh, reading uh, the, the first book in uh, the in, uh, George R R Martin's um uh, Fice, uh ice and fire or fire and ice it's called uh, a clash of thrones and uh so it, it's is it was a lot of fun but wow that uh, it was like 700 pages that first book and then I don't know how many uh, books are in the series but that that's just getting started
2: yeah it's 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 incredibly long and and not very science fiction like no <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, Kevin J. Anderson wrote a series, a science fiction series. uh, I think it was Scattered? What was that? Scattered Suns. Scattered Suns or something. Um, Anyway, I I recall uh, at the beginning of one of them, it was an introduction or on his website or something. He was talking about how, you know, there were all these fat fantasies out there and he was going to try one with science fiction. And,
2: uh, um, saga of the Seven Sons. Saga of the series. Seven
0: Sons. That's it. Saga S- of the Seven Sons. S- 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 Scat-
2: S- Scattered, S- Scattered Sons is one of the books in the series. Right. Um, uh, now I, uh, I said saga and you said saga.
0: That that <laughs> well, reminds Well, I'm, me I'm of, correct because I'm. <laughs> you're you're Canadian, so I don't think your vote counts. <laughs> that's
2: pos- entirely possible. Oh. Um, but that reminds me of of something that. Uh, happened while i was listening to this collection um one of the stories and the narrator uh she mispronounced the word uh, and then i was uh, vanessa hart is the narrator and it was uh in a story that's kind of a cross between uh homicide life on the street and the frederick paul Heechee series or something mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. very interesting <laughs> mix i mean it, it's just the. Uh, Take two random ideas and throw them together and see what happens it's, a, it's an interesting story and it's got a lot of what I would call you know science fiction vocabulary right um, synesthesia, uh, uh, wormhole you know all, all the you know dwarf planet a lot of the things that you know you see in just only in science fiction or in astronomy um, mm-hmm. And then I asked Alan uh, before the show started I said I asked, I asked you about how Lagrange pronounced. I said, how is LaGrange pronounced? And, and you gave me a story. Can you give me that story again?
1: Oh, sure. Well, um, I'm from Texas, and there's a small little town uh, not too far from Houston called LaGrange. And ZZ Top uh, did a song uh, called LaGrange. And uh, so everybody, at least down in, in my neck of the woods, is, is says LaGrange. Uh, but, uh and so when i first saw the the word uh i uh, in the story i thought well it, it's lagrangian and wow. then i said i said uh well i better check myself because um uh, you know, i'm not a mathematician and and uh, I, I don't know if that's exactly true and so um uh, i really couldn't find any uh pronunciations uh in in the Online dictionary, so I went to uh, YouTube and uh, found a math professor giving a lecture, uh, and it had the word Lagrangian, but it wasn't pronounced Lagrangian; it was pronounced Lagrangian, and uh, that's how we ended up pronouncing that word in the story.
2: It's it's a, a funny, you know, phenomenon that you know this is something you have to worry about. Uh are you in studio with your narrators generally?
1: Uh used to be, uh not so much anymore, but um yeah, that I mean that's a concern all the time. Yeah, there's like for instance the word feral. Uh, F E R A L. F E R A L. Down here in my neck of the woods, it's normally uh, uh pronounced feral. Yeah, feral and,
2: or feral, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think it's just it's just one of those things where it's got more than one pronunciation, and like like a a, a root and route.
2: Wow, creek and crick, or (laughs) roof and (laughs) rough. But but the uh, the the problem is is you know regular a, a narrator who's who just does you know regular stuff wouldn't have the specific problem of science fiction vocabulary right um it just is so uh, science fiction is so packed with you know technical terms that everybody who reads it knows already and that if you're just a professional actor and doesn't like science fiction just acts then maybe you wouldn't know any of those words
1: well that's that's what we've uh um Found out with working with our actors is uh, wow. I mean, they can belt belt out Shakespeare, <laughs> you know, really well. Uh, but uh, throw in a few uh, biotechnology terms and they get tongue twisted, and and so that's something that's for us has always been a concern. So we normally, uh, when we provide the scripts to actors uh, in the past, what we've done is is um, we, we've, we've tried to give them a pronunciation guide for the scientific terminology.
2: That's, that's incredibly important, I think, just to... Uh, it can totally throw you out of a story. If you're listening and, you know, you're enjoying it and, and performance is good and then you hear a word and you say, wait, what, what did she say? What did he say? It just <laughs> doesn't fit your your understanding and you get, you know, sort of... Paused and you're lost, you lost. Steps out. It's um, it's very important.
1: It, oh, I I agree. I, I mean, I've listened to stories in the past where they didn't uh, that uh, they didn't pronounce the word correctly, and it just just interferes with the flow of the story.
2: Indeed.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some of the stories. Okay. Um, oh. my. My favorite of the ones that I've read, and I have not read all of them yet, or gotten through all of them yet, is uh, "Erosion," and who wrote that again? Oh, that, Ian that was, Ian Creasy, yeah. That is a terrific uh, story. Yeah, I I agree. That's that's that's.
1: When I read that story, uh, I knew right away. Oh yeah, this one's gonna be <laughs> in 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 the collection. It was it, was, it just hits you. It, it's it it's so good. The detail he puts in that story is. Uh, it's just wonderful. It all—it just rings so true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's about a, a, what I'd call an augmented man who's getting ready to leave the Earth and uh, basically kind of walking around, taking in the sights before he goes. And he goes to a graveyard and uh, sits on a bench. and And these graveyards have holograms of the the people that are buried there that can he can interact with and. Uh, anyway I won't go any farther than that but that's kind of the setup and um, yeah it just blew me away really like that story
2: I I have not heard of anything by Ian Creasy before is he um, an up and comer you think
1: I think so He's he's been writing for a little while I've, I've read uh, several of his stories and I think uh, if not this month last month's issue of Asimov's had another story Uh by him, so he he's he's he seems to be coming more and more regularly uh, published now. Um, so I I don't know if he's done any novels, but but he's done several
0: short stories. Mm-hmm. Cool. How about you, Jesse? Do you have one that stands out of what you've been through mm. so far?
2: I think I think uh, let me see, get my notes up here. Um, I think the Lovecraft-inspired story. That, I'm trying to. Bojum set in the Bojum universe. Yeah, it's called
0: Mongoose
2: by Mongoose. Sarah
0: That's Monette and Elizabeth Bear. Right. Um, so, I, what I just, is what is the Bojum universe? Help me out with that first of all. Well, I, I, for, for all I know, is that this is the
1: second story in the in the universe. The first story um, was called Bojum, and uh, it it takes place. Uh, in space, on a on a pirate ship, with a, with a with a live spaceship, and um,
0: and this was written uh, by Lovecraft.
1: Bujembo. Uh, no, this okay. This was written by Baron Manette. Okay, I'm with you. And so, um, it, it's is when these two two get together, their stories are just. I mean, I just love their stories together. I'm, I'm hoping they're just going to keep this up uh with, with further stories. They they in fact Boojum is is a story that it's that we're going to be uh coming out with in our next collection later in September. So um
0: what's the what's that collection called?
1: Uh it's called uh Starship Vectors. Ah.
0: Oh that sounds fun. That sounds great.
1: Yeah it's 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 a collection of these really awesome star stories that take place on starships. Oh neat. <laughs>
0: Can you tell That's, us who who's included there,
1: or uh, do we have to wait? Oh, I, it's uh, – let me see. We've got uh, a, the Boojum story by um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bear and Sarah Monette. We've got a Nancy Crest story. Uh, we've got a Charles Coleman Finley story. We've got a Stephen Baxter story. Uh, so um, I, and there's a couple of more. Wow, sounds uh, fantastic. Uh, th- that we've got in there. So, yeah, I, I'm just really excited about that.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed Aliens Rule. That That's kind of a neat thing that you're doing, kind of taking these themes. So so this year alone, you've uh, released Aliens Rule and one called We Robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then, yeah, exactly. So, well, uh, and then what we'll, we've had the, this, uh, the year's top ten, tale number two, and then... Uh, in September, we'll have that, that Starship Vectors. I'm, so trying go- to,
2: uh, I'm trying to track down the, the origin of Boojum. And apparently it comes from uh, a Lewis Carroll poem. And oh. Because uh, it doesn't appear in the story as far as I'm, I, I noticed. right They don't mm-hmm. say Boojum, Boojum, Boojum. but right. uh, <laughs> At least in, in this one, maybe in the first one,
1: uh-huh.
2: called Boojum. But uh, it says, A spirit of a man killed in a mill accident. Uh, is another definition on Urban Dictionary, and then um, oh. it said superfluidity in dynamics is a geometric pattern uh, called Bujum. Hmm. And so interesting. It's it it's it's inter- It I, I don't think it's up in Lovecraft, but in this story, um, it's it's got a sort of an alien space creature. Wait, am I? Con- no, I'm not confused. There's a man with an alien space creature pet. Yes. And he his pet uh, is deaf. Um and it's it's like a you know what? That it is a Lewis Carroll, now that I think of it, right? It's got mm-hmm. an Alice in Wonderland reference.
1: Yes. It's got the the um uh, and, and, and yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a it's very uh, now I'm getting into it. I'm really <laughs> I really enjoyed the story and I can't I couldn't quite say why, but um, now that I'm seeing the connections, this is this is getting even better. Um,
0: okay, so j- just so I'm clear, the Jim universe is one that's invented by Bear and Manette. But what makes exactly. it Lovecraftian?
2: Uh, <laughs> well, besides a lot of spaceships <laughs> being named like things like Dunwich and that sort of thing, <laughs> um, I think it's it Lovecraft inspired. Um, it's got sort of Lovecraftian. Uh, it's kind of a strange mix. Uh, it's it doesn't feel like Lovecraft, but it's definitely inspired by Lovecraft. What would you say, Alan?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, you're right. It's 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 inspired by Lovecraft. I mean the uh, uh, the uh, the man when he goes hunting for uh, for those toes and rats with with the, with his tentacled creature, uh, but it, it's a it's it's a different. Feel than Lovecraft. These are these are more feel good stories. Yeah, it's,
2: it's <laughs> very it's very uh, you know it's like those pl- they make a plush Cthulhu. <laughs> Isn't given to <laughs> <a> baby. <laughs> it's very strange uh, because you know, the, this alien creature that has you know uh, uh, it's bloodthirsty in a way, but it's also very friendly and likes to be read. Lewis Carroll stories. Um, <laughs> even though he can't hear anything, yeah, I guess he taps on it to, to, to give information. And, um, it's, it's very, uh, I felt, you know, I mean, a lot of science fiction, especially it feels like in this collection is, you know, nothing is, um, wholly new. It all is sort of variations on a theme. And I, I you know there may not might not be that many new ideas. So this is you know mixing together different things, and this mix just really worked for me. Um, other mixes less so, um, or I appreciated some some part of it, but um, this one this mix has always worked for me. One of the we talked about that Charles Strauss, the Colder War that one mix mix worked well for me too. Sort of modern um, technology in a Lovecraftian universe. Uh, Anything that remixes Lovecraft seems to work for me. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think I I love the when she puts in the references to uh, Lewis Carroll. But it's just, and I think a lot of authors uh, have started paying homage to uh, uh, authors from the past, and uh, and
0: um, I I I really like it. Me too yeah um another one I liked is a story with beans by um, <laughs> Stephen Gould. Gould. yeah, that was an interesting story um kind of you know there's some religion going on in there, and uh you know i I think the basic idea there's bugs everywhere that eat metal, and uh mm-hmm. they'll go right through you to eat metal, so you don't want to have mm-hmm. any metal anywhere on you um, <laughs> but yeah, that was a fascinating story, I thought. Yes, yeah, uh, I
1: think he's going to be doing more. Uh, I, uh, I'm not sh- you know, sure if he's working on another no- novel in this universe, but I, I get the feeling that he is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I haven't read any Stephen Gould. He's written novels, isn't isn't that right? He's like a hard sure. s- hard science fiction writer.
1: Um, he's uh, probably what he's most famous for is his uh, novel Jumper, which was made into a movie a couple oh, years yes. ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he's got, uh, uh, I guess, a couple other novels in that, in that series. But um, I think that's, that's what he's most noted for.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the other one that kind of struck me, I guess, in the collection was um, As Women Fight. And it was, it was a very good story, but it felt, for some reason, it felt like it would just wasn't from this era. It felt like it was from the late 70s or mid-70s. It just feels like a, um, you know, a feminist uh, science fiction. You know, sh- showing how you know situations reversed. How would you like? How would you like to have this idea of your uh, existence being summed up and showing you from the outside versus showing you from the inside? Um, is it? Was it an old story that was just modernly published, or?
1: No, I, I I think it's it's an original story by her but uh you know I mean it does have uh, sort of a Le Guin sort of feel to it. It feels
2: it feels like a classic science fiction story that I somehow missed, you know, mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. reading. And uh, it's a it's a fun story it's a, it's uh it's, a, it's not post-apocalyptic. I'm not sure. They a lot of them sort of feel like um sort of feel like they're uh after the um, singularity sort of stories. You know, anything is possible uh, mm-hmm. after the singularity. And here's an example of that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: And this one sort of feels like that. So they have the ability to switch switch bodies. You know, the the husband can become the wife, the wife can become the husband. And you just live like that for a while, right? And then you switch back.
1: <laughs> exactly. But you, you have to... Uh, you have to fight, uh, and if you if you win the fight, you you get to choose to be the female if you mm-hmm. want. And
2: it's, so, a, it's an original concept. Like uh, body switching is not original at all. I mean, Scott, exactly I was talking about Robert Checkley's new audiobook mm-hmm. uh, uh, "Mind Swap." Right? That's that's mm-hmm. a, a, there's a classic um, Robert Silverberg story called "Passengers." That's the same idea it's mm-hmm. not an original concept but this this uh spin on it seemed to you know an original one in felt a little bit different
1: yeah i i, I agree I, I think her her spin was definitely original it's not it's it body switching has been around for uh, for a long time but uh like you said it it's it's original and I, and I don't know because Sarah, she's 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 from Spain, and uh, so I don't you know. It's it's interesting in this collection. Uh, it's hmm. very very uh, United Nations sort of collection. No, I never.
2: I didn't realize
1: that. Sarah's from Spain, and then we we've got. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, Peter Watts and uh, Robert Charles Wilson from Canada.
2: Uh, that's not very. That's you know Canadian international is just American with a different accent (laughs) really.
1: And then uh, Ian Creasy and Paul McCauley uh, are English, Um, and then the the rest I think are Americans. Mm -hmm. So so it's it's a really good mix.
0: Yeah, yeah. In 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 all your short story reading, I'm you know just noticing that you know in erosion, you know the Earth is kind of dying. And uh, in a, a story with beans, um, it's kind of a dystopian thing going on there. And um, on the human plan, you know, there's another dying planet there. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just saying, you know, does that seem to be... I, I recall, well, this year... Getting the they, sense that Earth is dying. Yeah, Earth Earth is dying. <laughs> but, um, you know, people kind of, you know, heard in a certain direction, you know, in, in uh, general theme, I guess. But the... Uh, this year they published or i say they i can't remember who the editor was published a an anthology called shine, which was an anthology mm-hmm. of optimistic science fiction and um oh, did you get a have you read that or gone through that uh, it, it's on my list, but I haven't read it yet okay, and I haven't read it yet either but just just the concept of um putting together a collection of optimistic stories and and how uh this editor felt like you know hey we ought to have a collection of optimistic stories do you, do you feel like that uh most of the stuff you read is not optimistic oh i i don't know i've not really when i read a story
1: i don't really characterize or uh or categorize the stories uh that way um I, I just I can't tell. I, mm-hmm. I you know. If you for example we were talking about um the mongoose story and, and that that's a very optimistic story. Yeah, uh, so <laughs>
2: in a very strange way. I mean the universe isn't optimistic, but they are
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um so um i so it it may it you know the scales may be tipping you know, a little toward uh dysto uh the, the dying earth uh dystopian sort of uh uh futures uh but i, I don't think there's 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 a complete lack of of uh stories uh, that are optimistic
0: hmm. okay
2: what, uh, um, funny thing about the uh, Jackaroo sequence, the Paul McCauley's, um, uh, is that is there more in that series out? Uh, I, I, there must be, it's a sequence.
1: Well, it's, um, I, I, I need to talk to Paul more and see where he's, he's going with this, but, uh, he wrote, and it, it, the first story in the sequence was, is, um, the City of the Dead, which was in our, our, our first, uh, Year's top ten tales, and uh, this is the this is the the second story, and I've been anxiously waiting another story, but I haven't seen it. I, I've seen very little uh, s- short fiction this year by Paul, so uh, I don't know where he's going with this, or he's going to be putting this into a novel or what. Yeah, um, the fix up, that the fix up
2: right. is coming back. I think. I think I think people, you know, they, they realize I can I can sell the story to the magazine. Uh, you know, maybe sell it to uh, Alan Castor to Finnovox, and then uh, I've got six of these stories. I'll just put them together. It's a novel. I think I yeah. think that's coming.
1: Yeah, I, that, that's what I that's what I feel like. I mean, it's it's that's kind of a time honored uh, uh, tradition in in science fiction. And, uh, uh, Asimov did it with Foundation series. Bradbury did it with Martian Chronicles. I I, I, I think it's just a it's a very Science fictional thing to do.
2: It seems to it seems to it seems to be popular. It seems to. Uh, I'm I'm kind of surprised it sort of went away for a while. I I guess the focus really was on novels, but and people were maybe not planning for the long run. But it's a short stories are a great way to explore uh, ideas. And and sometimes um, you know you say, well that's cool. I wonder what else is going on, right. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm.
1: that's the next chapter. Yeah. I, I forget I was reading uh I forget which author, but he was talking about how he 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 had stopped his universe. Uh what I, again, I don't remember what the author or what the universe was, but then he, he said he got he started getting emails from people, Well, what about this and what about that? And then the next thing you know, he wasn't finished with his universe. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think uh, that's a cool uh, interactive way for fans to you know to uh, influence uh, what they're reading. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Yeah, when I was going through um, all those Hugo nominees, I was reading all the short fictions. You know, I, I probably got about a third of the way through them all, but it opened mm-hmm. doors to a whole bunch of writers that I hadn't sampled before um the main one uh being jack vance is you know someone i kind of discovered while doing that and um mm-hmm. you know i've really enjoyed his stuff since i've done that so um but yeah getting people to to try out the short fiction is probably the the hardest thing right now i, I meet a lot of people that just aren't interested in it but they're you know i they, they watch a movie you know but uh you know and and i kind of feel like that's you know, some of the best stuff is in the novel at length, and um, that's really, you know, like a movie length.
2: Uh, do you read any any novels, or are you just 100% hardcore short stories?
0: Well, not
1: 100%, but pretty darn close. Um, uh, the Probably a, an author that I always read his novels is uh, Ian McDonald. I, 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 he's he's right now is uh, I'm I'm on a on a on a McDonald kick with him. It's it, it just everything I get I read from him. He's he's wonderful.
0: Now he wrote River of Gods. Is that yes, him? he wrote River. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Have you read that one? Uh, yes, I have. What did you think of that? I I just asked because I've I know it's highly regarded. I have not read it. Um, uh, but it i i've heard it called important <laughs> this is an well, important it's, it's, science fiction novel it's probably <laughs> on the cover but
1: <laughs> well it it's it's got a lot of meat to it that's for sure um it, it's i uh, it's a pretty thick novel maybe 5 600 pages um and uh but it 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 takes place in a in a future india uh i I'm not sure, but I, th- I think the date was like 2047 or something, and uh, so it takes. So he use a, uses a lot of lang- uh, language from uh, from in- India, and so he gives you this glossary in the back. And so I'm constantly flipping back and forth to to make sure I understand what the words are, and as you go along, so. Um but it it's 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 a wonder wonderful book. Mm-hmm. I've um uh, uh, you know I, he did he did that novel and then he came out with a uh, collection of short stories in that universe uh called uh Sy- so, Yeah uh,
0: Siberia Days.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah. Good, good stuff.
0: I've not
2: read anything by uh, in McDonald unless it was in uh, an Infinivox short story collection or w- w- was there any uh in McDonald
1: we've got uh one of his stories in our uh We Robots okay and it's it's called uh Sanjeev, Sanjeev and Robotwala okay and um but he's he's done he's did a um a, some Mars stories uh, desolation road uh is it was the first one and I, I then he followed up with a companion book uh called the Aries express and uh that's that uh i would classify um desolation road as 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 a, as a kind of bradbury ish kind of uh uh gabriel garcia marquez ish huh. it makes it's it's, it's 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 a wonderful wonderful
0: read Sounds pretty good. In We Robots, uh, Sanjeev and Robot Wallaby Ian McDonald, it says, a young boy becomes enamored with the armed robots that do the fighting in a civil war and the celebrity boy soldiers who pilot them. Yeah, that, 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 I'm not sure if that's the first
1: story in the, uh, in, in his, uh, in his, uh, Indian universe there, but, uh, it's, it's one of the first. It's, it's, I love that story. It's, it's awesome.
2: Great. Sounds like uh, somebody who should have um, some audiobooks out there. Uh, are you listening to the audiobook versions of these novels, or are they uh, just paper? I, I don't
1: think – no, I, I, I'm i not aware that they're available on audiobooks. So hmm. I've, I've been reading
2: them. Somebody <laughs> new to, to campaign for. <laughs> um, the, I'm just reading the Wikipedia entry about the – the chaga saga and is, is that pronounced right chaga oh no, chaga saga oh no. how do you say how do you say saga uh,
1: i would <laughs> i would have pronounced it shaga but i don't i don't know saga no Chaga saga saga of the seven
0: sons
2: saga saga <laughs> Chaga saga <laughs> i don't know okay um it's it just it sounds very interesting very different um very uh cool and i like the um the literary and other references that are in there, uh, that are mentioned, that it sounds like it's right up my,
0: right up my alley. I should look into this guy.
1: Oh yeah, he's wonderful. read.
0: Cool. So, uh, what's in the future? We've got the uh, the Starship um, collection coming so out. Do you you planning to continue next year as well? Yeah, we think uh, next year we're going to uh,
1: uh, do uh, year's top ten. Uh, number three and uh we may even do um a uh, collection of of the uh, sh- the best short novels of the year oh wow. as well so, awesome. uh, i think one of the, uh, uh, the one of the frustrations with doing uh, uh the year's uh, top ten is is there's other really good stories also <laughs> and um and especially in the novella uh format and uh, wow we'd really like we 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 really like to uh like to explore that anyway.
2: So yeah, there, there's one story you want to put in and it's number 11, you can't do the the year's other stories that were almost as good. <laughs> it's
0: just not <laughs> the year's top honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wants to be on that list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny.
2: <laughs> well, what's the, What's the what's the scoop on the uh, the CDs? I I uh, CDs versus CD sales versus digital sales. I I'm I'm a lover of, of the CD format and I use it. Uh, I like the MP3 CD format, but your 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 collections in the past have always been one CD, so it wouldn't make any sense to make it an MP3 CD. Um, <laughs> uh, the cost of producing a you know multi-volume CD set has got to be not insignificant, just for shipping and packaging and all that stuff, compared mm-hmm. to what you you know you just don't have a digital copy on on Audible. Um, mm-hmm. What 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 are your sales like? Are, are you seeing a steady increase in in digital sales and a slow decrease in CDs or CD steady? What's what's the story yep. there?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what's what we're seeing. We're seeing a huge uh, the, uh, increase in uh, digital sales, which our digital sales go through Amazon.com mm-hmm. or, or through Audible, excuse me, and Same and thing. and then uh, <laughs> every year the number of CDs we sell gets smaller and smaller. And so, in fact, we're we're discussing whether or not we, uh, we should just. Uh, go to a, an all digital and 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 not do um, uh uh CDs at all anymore.
2: I I I I feel very ambig- ambivalent about that. I I, I are, are are you getting library sales sales to libraries?
1: Uh I mean we do uh but it's 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 not Big. It's it's not it's not our big focus, and, and it's oh. so. I mean, we we do, but it's 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 pretty small.
2: And just I, I I like Audible much more than I want to. <laughs> and and <it's laughs>
1: what do you because, mean?
2: Well, it's just it's too it's too scary. It's too big, and and I I like that I, everything is available there, pretty much pretty much everything is available there now. <laughs> um, but their their power in that bigness it's scary because mm-hmm. if they if you know if something happens to that company and that's what happens to companies big big publicly traded companies something happens to that company it's going to kill everybody all the audiobook mm-hmm. publishers are going to be screwed
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at
2: least for a while and that that that's that's scary so uh I don't know. I don't know what my advice is. My advice is look out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, can you imagine what it'd be like right now to be uh, 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 publishers uh, that print uh, that uh, publish in the printed format? What they're going through right now, talking and thinking about going, you know, from printed to digital. It's it's. Uh, they must be having similar uh, <laughs> concerns uh, and, and conversations in, in, in their publishing houses as well. I, I think I was astounded to read, uh, astounded, excuse me, to read the, uh, maybe at the beginning of the month, there was an article where Amazon.com uh, said they sold more mm-hmm. ebooks. In, in a three month period than hardcovers and yeah. and I was like wow I thought we were still a long way mm-hmm. <laughs> ways from doing something like that and, and the the future is getting here quick.
2: But apparently uh, a lot of the the con- you know the contracts are not with the publishers anymore. They're directly with the authors, right? Mm-hmm. And that that cut of taking out the middleman, the the publisher, uh, is is going to be huge for authors, right? Um, if you don't have to, if you can make your, you know, you've got your own out of print book that your know, publisher doesn't have the rights to anymore, and mm-hmm. you're looking to capitalize on your your back catalog, and sales are that brisk, that's terrific for uh, authors. Just the, mm-hmm. the ability to to use that back catalog to to you know pay for the new the new books that you're mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. writing on spec. That's that's an amazing possibility, and yet. It, because it's it is all one big store, Amazon's basically it, and I guess Apple's starting to compete now. It's just very frightening in the monopoly sense that they might be able to control that market. Fiction-wise, has been around for years. Scott and I've talked about about how you know how we've used that, but that's almost always focused on short short stuff. And yeah, it, it sure was the, at the beginning. The hardware yeah. backing, right? That that the i iP- <laughs> the iPad does or the the.
0: Kindle does, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. You mentioned. Well, I, I oops, think, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm. I'm probably taking it a different direction. I was, you mentioned earlier that you had uh, purchased a Kindle, and um, mm-hmm. kicking and screaming is that the words you used, <laughs> or just uh, <laughs> it just that it's difficult to break away from the the print. Um, you know, I, I sure well, like. I just like the feel of the books. You know, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I, I can see. You know, everything's going to head that way. I can sure see it. Oh yeah, I um I think
1: what I like so much about books, is especially for, with what I do, is I'm, all, you know, I, I, I'm reading, you know, I take, I, I'm making notes on sticky uh, sticky pads, and then putting those notes on, you know, in the book, and flipping and 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 that's a little harder to do on the Kindle, mm-hmm. um, but you can make notes on the Kindle, and I'm starting to uh, starting to get a little better at it, and um, so I, I mean I could see myself in in in. Uh, uh in two or three years um basically not buying anything printed anymore uh except not all publishers are are in the in the in in you know in the groove yet of uh, publishing their books as ebooks so uh, yeah. we'll see if everybody gets there
0: yeah i should mention though that i i have made the mental switch to digital 100% on audiobooks because it's uh, way way more convenient. Uh, yeah, it's
2: just saving you the step of you know, yeah, transferring it from your right. CD to your MP3 player. Is you know why why make that extra step if you don't have to? Yeah,
0: we but we they, get that's
2: the special case with 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 audiobooks as opposed to you know we we've sort of been used to the digital universe for much mm-hmm. longer than have people in the print business.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, well we got. When, when AudioTech first started publishing, uh, it was back in the analog days where you know you splice tape, and 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 I can still remember uh, you know Pro Tools coming out, and oh my god, look what we can do, <laughs> and not splice tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like s- such a huge advantage, um, and so it, it was it, that made the process very very uh, uh, you know easy to move from the the. Uh, analog world to the to the digital world okay. and
2: digital's like the steam engine when it comes to you know changing the world
0: <laughs> yeah you
1: know we, I, I keep thinking we this must have been what it felt like way back when uh when uh, they went from scrolls to the printed press you know the people are like eh, i don't know i got all these scrolls and, and that's a printed book and you know, so I don't yeah. know. They had the, the, the same sort of psychological. Uh, I like my scrolls.
2: I don't like these bound things. They're terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah. Imagine when they made the switch to scrolls, you know, they didn't have to, to feed the guy who told the oral stories, right?
2: Oh, I thought you were talking about to say the clay tablets. Yeah. <laughs> I like my clay tablets. they you can really feel them in your hand. You know, you know you're holding something when you're holding a clay tablet.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. The, the book's got a lot of heft to it. <laughs> I, can,
2: yeah, I can just make my uh, I can just make my own notes on the side here, with, get my chisel out and, <laughs> and marginalia in there. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. You know you know that they can't delete my stuff if I carve it in there.
1: I got the candle as a Christmas gift from my wife because I had never really thought I was going to ever buy one and then then little by little I've been downloading and then like oh this is so awesome because like I don't have to you know I don't have to you know take the chance of going to a, a you know a, a bookstore and them not having the book I can just download it it's always there and and uh I think it it's 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 like you were uh, mentioning earlier the uh we're not at the age where you know books will never be out of print anymore.
0: Yeah, they really yeah, I mean, there's more and more stuff coming out, so I imagine someday we'll have a thing, you know, where somebody talks about a short story to you, and you're like, oh, man, I'd like to check that out, and you get out there, and you you can find it, and you can download it right then. Um, you know, we're mm-hmm. not we're not there yet. You know, there's still, you know, a lot words, of the short stuff, especially. Words
2: coming out of your mouth will be hyperlinked soon. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the computer, you just have the plug in and... Automatically download it to your brainstem. There you go. Uh,
0: That'd save a lot of time. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.